welcome to this Field of Geeks special. We're talking The Mandalorian Season 2 with spoilers. I'm Josh. I'm Bill. And I'm Jonah. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. I'm glad the holidays are over. Not like glad, but that the pressure is off, I guess. Yep, I hear you. Did Santa Claus bring you guys anything cool for Christmas? I, I really wanted a PS5, but, you know, Santa's workshop got raided by, you know, scalpers. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, I was, my, my Christmas was more about like, I feel like the older I get, the more it's about like seeing the enjoyment with my kids opening their presents. And, uh, absolutely. You know, my, uh, my daughter got the animatronic baby Yoda. Oh, sweet. So, uh, she was carrying that thing around all over the place. That was definitely worth it. That's awesome. Yeah, we were trying to get my daughter one. You know, I, we always pass the merchandise aisle, you know, at Target, whatever. And they they definitely made a lot of baby Yodas this time around. You know, like a year ago, you couldn't get, they had like no merch, I believe. It was just maybe a t-shirt or two. But I don't think they, ex- they expected it to be so huge. And so, yeah, this time around, there was plenty of baby Yoda merchandise. And one of her gifts didn't work out at the last minute, so... Target Online said they had a Yoda available at, you know, n- nearby store. Of course, that was wrong. They didn't have it, so <laughs> she didn't get it. But she got a, a weighted blanket that says the child on it, and uh, Baby Yoda is on there, too. So, yeah, and it was just a week before Christmas, The Mandalorian ended, uh, season two. It came came quick to me. I guess I didn't know how many episodes there were. <laughs> I was looking forward to this, you know, it's it was... Um, Almost a year since the first season finale, I believe. Yeah. Pretty dang close. Last time I think we had a big taste of Star Wars was The Rise of Skywalker, which, you know, I think a lot of people were let down by. I found it entertaining, but I didn't think it was really good Star Wars. You know, I think this whole new trilogy wasn't, it just didn't give fans what they wanted. You know, I think the first uh, episode teased that, but... Yeah, I think a lot of people just started to lose faith, and thankfully, The Mandalorian came out, because I think this show's really, you know, been a breath of fresh air to everybody, all the fans. You know, you get to see more of all this stuff that we've always, I guess, known about through fan fiction, comics, uh, or just, you know, in your own toy box, playing with certain scenarios out. I mean, this show literally yeah. comes to life. It's crazy. It's like your your childhood imagination, you know? You... Overall, you know, we could see Boba Fett, he's back, and he's he's such a badass, and it's great to see that, and all these other characters come to life, and yeah, it just expands more on the universe, which is what we all want, and, you know, I hope um, someday we'll get a new trilogy, maybe, that's more on par, I don't know, uh, what are your thoughts going around of the latest trilogy, if you will, and your hopes for Mandalorian before you saw the season two, I guess? Well, was it the three of us that talked about the Rise of Skywalker together, you know, about yeah. a, year, a year ago when it came out? I think it was the three of us that Possibly. were on that, yeah. that episode. Yeah, I think and so. I remember thinking at the time, and I still, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it. Sure. But I remember thinking at the time how it was a serviceable or, or a satisfying ending to the to the story. I thought they wrapped things up pretty well. I don't think it's one of those trilogies that's going to age very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm no. already starting to my my thoughts on it have already started to shift a little bit to a more you know unsatisfactory type opinion where yep. especially when you have with what they've done with the Mandalorian as far as introducing or bringing up old characters 
introducing new characters. They're doing it so much better mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian than they did in the the trilogy movie, the sequel trilogy movies. And so I, I do. I think it's just it's one of those that's it's not going to age well. I don't know that they're ever going to you know retcon it or redo it entirely. But um, I, I hope Disney's learned from it. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll stop letting you know Kathleen Kennedy make any creative decisions. <laughs> yeah, I think still around. I agree going. with that. Like, I think right. that there was a lot of studio involvement with the the new trilogy, and it was just it was just kind of like the Last Jedi was just kind of a fever dream, and then you know Rise of Skywalker tried to like erase that a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I I stand by my my original stance on the on the new trilogy that I really wanted that shot of, you know, the classic characters all aboard the millennium Falcon, like yeah. Luke, Leia, Han, Lando. Exactly. Chewie, you know, I wanted every, I wanted everybody to have that reunion and then it just kind of, you know, you never really got that. Right. I mean, you got like Luke showing up in spirit form to Leia. And then that was about it. Yeah. It just, missed it you know it's it's not that hard to you know give the fans what they want you know like that was a definite right and yeah I think that's I think that's one thing you would know like if the Mandalorian the creators behind the Mandalorian they would definitely have given you that scene I believe you know they yeah I wonder if we would have gotten something like that in well I guess with them killing off Han in Force Awakens Mm -hmm. I guess we wouldn't have gotten that in Last uh, rises or last Jedi it was, but I I agree with you, Bill. I, it would have been cool to see something like that, and I think that that was probably one of the biggest misses of those new movies. Yeah, and maybe they that, wanted to avoid it being predictable, and but you know, again, that's what people want. So yeah, some of it can be predictable, but yeah, you can change it up too. But yeah, at least give us key moments people want, you know, and fill in the fill yeah. in the blanks. I, I think what made the Mandalorian work so well is that. John Favreau is a huge Star Wars fan. Yes. So when you get somebody who's passionate about the franchise, you know, coming in and saying, okay, we're going to do an, a fresh take on some new characters, but we're also going to service the fans mm-hmm. at the same time. I think that's what makes it very important for that's what, that's why the Mandalorian in my mind has been so successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it has a, the Western concept to it, you know, as a backdrop, if you will. So you got Star Wars, but it's, yeah. uh, and people like that, you know, it it's, it's more contemporary Western style, you know, you don't have cowboy hats and boots and all that stuff like that. But you have, you know, you get to see these cool characters going town to town, planet to planet, kind of, in that uh, sort of aspects, and you, you meet a bunch of new characters and yeah, a lot of it's very uh, Western vibes, but it, it works. It It's still expanding the universe, and it goes away from that, too. You know, uh, we'll get into yeah. it, obviously. Because, you know, some sometimes it can feel very uh, RPG-like, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm here, I got to do this mission. But then, but that helps build up things, I think, for the better. And there's usually a good payoff. And then as the series comes to a close, it's definitely you know, action, go, 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 go. Like all the setup has been done so you can just go along for the ride and and it's awesome. And you get, you just know everyone's backstory pretty much. And unfortunately you don't get that, get to do that in a movie. You don't have much time. I mean, if you're doing a trilogy, but to be honest, this new trilogy was never like a full 
realized plan, it seems. You know, they were going to go a direction, and then another director stepped in, totally changed it, and then the third movie had to, like, rebound from that, and it also brought in just some lazy ideas, I think, that, you know, like, I really don't think yeah. the Emperor was ever part of their vision. Uh, it just it felt so yeah. just well, not a good Daisy idea. Her, Daisy Ridley herself said that, they didn't know kind of who that character even was or what her backstory was, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the entire time. And, right. and she was the lead new character. I mean, mm -hmm. she was like the new, new character that was going to carry the trilogy. And so that was very, very strange, very lazy. I want your guys' take on second season of Mandalorian versus first season of Mandalorian. What, how did you think the second season compared to the first better, worse, the same? What are your thoughts? To me, it, it expanded it without overshadowing it, if that makes any sense. Like, I I think the first one was really good. It really established a lot of the characters. The second one just kind of expanded on it. If I had to pick which my first, my favorite season would be, it'd probably be the first season. But I kind of look at the second season like the Empire Strikes Back of the Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. Yeah, uh, I think it, to me, it exceeds the first season. But, you know, the first season, you have the advantage of it being new. And, you know, yeah, you can't really, um, I guess, tell what's coming. But then the second season, you kind of know the formula, even though they have they did change up a little bit. Uh, but it was still I think if you took all the the new character moments and all, you know, all the lore, if you take that out, I guess it would have been more uh, continuous. But since it kind of just expanded more and more, uh, I think that was um probably why i like season two more it's just there's just so much introductions in it that you're like oh my god i mean you're seeing characters from animation that have never been you know in live action before so you know a lot of very special moments and maybe season one had that too and i just missed it i i don't know everything about star wars but kind of the big key ingredients uh, you know i know boba fett was kind of teased in the first season and I think a lot of us knew that was him. I mean, not 100%, but it's like, who else could it be, you know, that we care about? Scene of him uh, rescuing that uh, one character. Uh, yeah, it was Fennec Shand, played by uh, yeah. Ming Now Win. Yeah. So, yeah, when yep. she appeared to be taken out, I was like, really? That actress? We're just already going to get rid of her? Okay. So, you know, spoiler, she's back in this season and she's alive. So, very cool. But yeah, season two yeah. was. Fantastic, and yeah, well, let's start talking about some of the key moments, starting with Chapter 9, The Marshal. My favorite thing about this episode was Timothy Oliphant, who I'm a big fan of. Absolutely. And so I was really tickled to see him uh, in this episode. I'd like to see more of him, which maybe we will in another series down the road that we can talk about. But I, I he, and he was a cool character, too, and it really brought out that Western vibe. And it was a, it was a, you know, it was a fun little, uh, little episode. Not a lot of uh, consequence to it, but it, it kind of set the tone for for the season as a whole, which I thought was good. Sure. Uh, but no, I, I liked Timothy Oliphant was the reason I liked it so much. <laughs> yeah, he was good, good addition, that's for sure. And a lot of people like him from, um, what's that uh, popular Western sh uh, show he's from? I should have seen it by now, but it was on. HBO or something. Do you? you well, it was in, yeah. so he was in Deadwood. Yes, uh, that's it. Sheriff, and then if you've not seen Justified, that is one of my favorite TV series of all time. Oh, and, definitely. And Walt Goggins is amazing. <laughs> 
So I highly recommend Justified, especially because it's like it is like a modern day Western as well. It's based on an Elmer Leonard short story. It's such a good show, though. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I'll agree with Jonah on that. Seeing Timothy Oliphant in that really solidified the first episode for me. I think what I enjoyed more about it is you got to see more of some of the background characters that you don't really get to see in the Star Wars movies. Like you got to see the, the Jawas a little bit more in depth. You got to see the Tusken Raiders and they kind of fleshed out their characters more as like kind of a, you know, instead of being portrayed as like a savage tribe of murderers, they were, you know, kind of given more of a, I guess, uh, redeeming qualities to them. Sure. You know, and then them like all kind of teaming up with the, the townsfolk to take down the crate dragon. That was, that was really cool. I thought that was really well done. The Tusken Raiders were never bad. They were just misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like you, you go and watch that, like after watching episode two or, you know, episode two of the prequel trilogy where Anakin's like, oh, they're animals. And I slaughtered them like animals. I hate sand. <laughs> yeah. And you get to see them as more of like, yeah, they're just trying to survive. They're not trying to go out of their way to make people's lives miserable. They're just trying to do their own thing. Makes it yeah. worse, too, because you're like, oh, they're more um, not human, <laughs> not human. But I mean, they have qualities of humanity and. You're like, oh, man, that slaughter is even more painful, you know? <laughs> you yeah. Know. And you got to think, too, like, there's probably different. I mean, Tatooine's a huge True. planet. Yeah. So there's probably, like, different tribes. Absolutely. Too. Like, yep. This isn't the same tribe that, like, attacked Luke Skywalker and got scared off by right. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, this is probably a different, you know, tribe altogether. But that's a, um, that's a hard concept, I think, for a lot of uh sci-fi shows that go to other planets it always feels like it's just they're in a state you know like it doesn't the scale doesn't feel big because you can't see the whole planet at once so there's like yeah like you said there's probably other factions and it's it's a large territory you know like everything we've seen of that planet has just been in a one area compared to so much more out there i think and that's just that's just hard to show everyone you know but it is a it's a huge thing to yeah. think about is like this is only a little region in this whole planet you know i think and a lot of people it, just think that's the planet yeah putting it into like a, a western context you know the tuscan raiders in this case were basically this planet's native americans oh sure yeah yep is kind of the vibe that i got from them so sure. yeah like they you know they they don't waste anything they scavenge everything that they can find like when they're picking apart the crate dragon and you know kind of <laughs> like you know all oh, meat like meats back on the menu boys you know yeah right kind of <laughs> like that <laughs> um but, i mean that was uh that was really cool to see like just you know they live off of the land they do everything they can to survive and sure you know you have to kind of think like tatooine's pretty much just like the you know sahara desert covering the mm -hmm. entire planet it's it's got to be you know, a rough, a rough planet to live on. And just to see like how they eke out a, a living is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I loved, I loved the entrance of, um, Oliphant's character, the Marshal, you know, he had the, uh, he had the red shirt underneath the armor, the Boba Fett armor. Cause you know, I think, I don't know if you guys thought at first, like that's Boba Fett. 
<laughs> I, I kind of did, but split second. And then I was like, that's not him. I can't be him. That's not. <laughs> no, it's, it was just like his his swagger and everything that he had. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm the new sheriff in town. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't really see. I couldn't really see Boba Fett having that like cocky yeah. <laughs> swagger to him, you know, or the want to be a sheriff like figure of a town, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that it was Boba Fett at any any time, but I did think this was going to be Disney's. Here you go. Here's your Boba Fett. <laughs> be happy yeah. with what you did, and then that was going to be the end yeah. of it. So he likes to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got it. I got a um. And I told Jonah this before. I don't know that just the the way he came into the the doorway. It reminded me of when Shredder returns in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, The Secret of the Ooze, when he comes comes into the junkyard, yeah. and he's just like standing there with the armor on. I don't know. I just got that vibe. I'm like, oh my god! And then the red shirt looked like Shredder's shirt in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're crossing worlds here. That was cool. You got to see the missile launch for the first time, I believe, in the, in a movie or a. A show live action, let's say, you know, the targeting uh, antenna, whatever you call it, comes down over the helmet. What did he shoot at? Did he shoot at the dragon? Yeah, he, uh, well, they showed him when he, like, first came back to rescue the town, mm-hmm. I guess, after after getting the armor. They showed him, like, blowing up the transport for the... Oh, that's it, yep. The raiders or whatever that came in to the miners, I guess they were, like, they were a mining company or something like that. They came in to, like, take over the town and then... But yeah, I mean, it was cool to kind of see from the perspective of inside the helmet, you know, like we, right. we haven't really gotten that from the trilogies. We haven't gotten that from, I mean, we got it a little bit from like Darth Vader's perspective in episode three, but like we, we haven't really seen like, oh, what does he see when he's looking out over the horizon? That was kind of cool. That is neat. Yeah. It's kind of an Iron Man touch. I wonder if John had, John Favreau had a, you know, saying in that or an idea to do that. He's always been very, um revolutionary with his filmmaking to me anyway with iron man especially you know just trying to make it look real as possible and giving you a whole new and i don't know if it was his idea or someone else's but just because he made the movie i'll go with it's his idea but you know you get to see robert downey jr's face even though they didn't do the face close-up but yeah you got to see inside the helmet which i think is really really cool and something they can do now easier than they could do you know what 30 40 years ago in the original, but yeah, that was cool to see more aspects of that armor, more functionality, you know, things you can pretty much imagine what it can do. Just, you don't go too crazy, I guess, but, uh, yeah, it pretty much stuck to its origins, but I love the Marshall's speeder bike. He had the, uh, pod racer engine attached to it. Yeah. That was a nice touch. I like that. That was cool. Well, and you can, you could kind of tell like that scavenger aspect. I think like everybody yeah. really on, on Tatooine kind of like, Oh, there's a wrecked speeder. Let me go scavenge what I can from that. And you got to kind of wonder if he like saw that, you know, from the from the pod race in episode one was like, oh, that would make a great engine for a speeder bike, and right, kind of cobbled it together himself. So it's kind of like, you know, I like that ex- that aspect of it, especially when you're in when they show the inside of the Jawa Sandcrawler. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they're like all bringing him this stuff and like, hey, you want this for your gold or your crystals or whatever yeah. it was. And uh, you look in the background and you see like wrecked droids from the <laughs> series and everything like that. It's kind of like a cool little Easter egg. They have to like kind of pause the pause the scene and say like, oh, what can I recognize? From oh, this? yeah. I bet there's you so know? much. Yeah. It's like a Star Wars antique store. You know, it's just like, I know that and that and that. And he just sees the armor. And he's like, 
How much for that? <laughs> Just sitting yeah. there. It's a nice tease, though, to what's what's to come. Uh, of course, at the end of the episodes, I believe we finally get to see Boba Fett out of his armor. He's he's in the desert. He's like got a robe on. He's scarred up. I don't know if it's from the Sarlacc pit or just life, you know, as a bounty hunter. Uh, I I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? Do you think that's all from the Sarlacc pit or he was already kind of messed up? I think it's a combination of several factors. I mean, he, uh, you know, like towards the end of the Clone Wars, he was just a kid. Mm-hmm. He was, yep. you know, working for different bounty hunters and different huts and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of just a culmination of a rough life as a bounty hunter. And then, you know, Oh, I got thrown into a Sarlacc pit too. That was probably contributed to it. Um, I think the one thing that was cool is that, um, when they're going to face the crate dragon, you, you know, Mandalorian, he's like, Oh, it's, he lives in an old Sarlacc pit. Yes. Or an abandoned Sarlacc pit. And <laughs> Timely Olfant's character is like, there's no such thing as an abandoned Sarlacc pit. Well, there is, if you eat the Sarlacc. <laughs> so it's like, you get a, you get a, you know, you get a sense of like this, just the scope of this creature that they're going mm. up against. It's like the Sarlacc was like the ultimate, you know, monster in Return of the Jedi. And right. Like, we're going up after something that ate that thing. Okay, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I think Boba Fett. It was in a comic or a book, but he did survive in fan fiction, didn't he? Or it was an actual part of canon? Yeah, that. That's so dicey because they, when uh, Disney took over the Star Wars property, they're like, okay, this is, you know, this is stuff that's canon. This is stuff that's not canon. So all those like really great Marvel (laughs) comics that they did, you know, to like expand on the universe and stuff like that. Those are now just, it's kind of like a what if kind of thing. But I think the whole story was like he got ejected from the Sarlacc pit because the Sarlacc couldn't digest his armor. Or something like that. But then it's kind of like, so how did, why would he just take it off? Yeah. Or did the Jawas think he was dead and take the armor off of him? And then, surprise, I'm alive. I, I don't know if they're going to expand on that in the new Boba Fett series that's coming out. I really hope they go back and kind of explain how, you know, go from like Return of the Jedi to End of Mandalorian Season 2 and kind of go from there. Well, yeah, that'd be a way to begin his own show, I think, is you just kind of show him before we see him in season two of Mandalorian. Do you think it's wise to see how he got out of the pit officially, if you will, or should it always just kind of be a, a fan's perspective? I I would leave it as like the stuff, a legend, you know, Jack Sparrow saying he tied two sea turtles together to get off of a, of an Island in the movies. I would leave it as something like that. It's something of like a, you know, rumor mill from like most Eisley or something like, Oh, I heard he, he killed the Sarlacc from inside. Oh, no, I heard he used the Force to get out. Like, I don't know. You know, just kind of something to establish a legend of Boba Fett. He's already well-known on right. Tatooine. Yeah, the only the only like, rumor oh, the only rumor he'll dispense of is uh, he screamed like a bitch when he <laughs> went into the pit. <laughs> He's like, no, he didn't. It was a manly scream. Yes. There was no Wilhelm scream. <laughs> whatever yeah (laughs) then we get chapter 10 the passenger we got the frog lady with the eggs and uh mando's gonna take her to the planet drask and he can't use hyperdrive because it hurts the eggs so of course that gives us a little challenge there and then we get to see x-wings which uh hey i'm all for seeing some x-wings don't get me wrong 
yeah, so there's a nice chase with uh, with them, and, and also the child eats some eggs, which uh, I think uh, pissed off a lot of people. I don't know. <laughs> What are you guys pissed off about the eggs? Oh, man. Oh, I wasn't pissed. You got a, a CGI <laughs> eating CGI eggs of an alien creature that does not exist. I, I mean, it's ludicrous that people would be up in arms about it to me, but mm-hmm. I'm the kind of, I don't like nothing offends me. So it's easy for me to say that, but like I, I'd been purposely avoiding spoilers before I watched it, like mm-hmm. I said, but um, I went and looked up the entertainment weekly article on this before we started recording <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like people were comparing it to you know if somebody were to rip open a woman and take her unfertilized eggs out and stuff i'm like right. you gotta be kidding me it's just no. a star wars character yeah it wasn't like he was sucking it's them out of her belly button or anything <laughs> yeah and they made the one of the showrunners made the argument on twitter it was like well you know you eat unfertilized eggs every day so what's the difference <laughs> right you know, and it's like, I kind of look at it like that. It's yeah. like, he's just a, you know, I don't see it being like a malicious thing from the child. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm hungry. Here's a snack. Right. You know. <laughs> it's in a jar. <laughs> yeah. You it's know? like, you know, it's like a kid being in its grandma's house, <laughs> seeing a candy jar there and like, oh, nobody's right. looking. I'm going to steal a Snickers bar. You know, it's, it's like people get so up in arms about stuff like that it's like yeah i, I expected like two eggs remaining at the end of the show i was like oh that'd be bad yeah <laughs> like clearly he's her, eating some I, I expected her husband to be like look at the thing and be like there was 15 in here when you left what the hell <laughs> then he's like more applebee's for us <laughs> i got a kick out of the uh i later found this out but one of the x-wing pilots uh i'll probably butcher this name but paul sung hung lee He's a huge Star Wars fan in real life and a cosplayer, like really good cosplayer. So he was the captain, oh, really? uh, Captain Carson Tiva. He got a part, and there was a cool behind the scenes of him going to the set and getting sitting in the cockpit, and that's what it's kind of all about, you know. It's kind of bringing in fans of Star Wars. I think that will, you know, do it justice instead of like being afraid to bring in fans of Star Wars. You know, if you want to keep it not so geek savvy i guess but that was i bet a real treat for him it was cool to see him get the call i forgot how he got involved but he's you know he's acted in other things so just you know spreading the word and people he knew he got a part pretty cool part i mean it's like a little nugget right and i think it'll just grow and grow because you know we'll get to it but he's he appears in another episode so i i hated i hate spiders this show was like a horror movie to me. It was just like, oh my god, get the hell! Oh, I knew something was gonna happen. You know, she, the frog lady went to the pool to get clean, and I think she's cleaning her eggs or something. And yeah, this isn't gonna be good. And I just, it felt like this was the end. Honestly, like his ship just got tore up. Captain Tiva saves the day, and then he takes off and doesn't help him repair his ship. That was funny. I thought that was. Uh, it's like, hey, I let you off. You can fix your own damn ship. See ya. My favorite part of that whole episode is you kind of get like this. It focuses in on the child, and he's looking around at all these dead spiders. Then he's kind of like, oh. you kind of think that he gets this like realization like, wow, just because I ate one of them, I caused all this destruction. And then he just shoves another frog egg in his mouth. <laughs> <thinking about it. laughs> 
do you guys get freaked out by spiders? I mean, for me, it was like a nightmare oh, God, episode. I hate spiders. Oh, uh, they don't bother me. I, spiders don't bother me. Uh, that was my favorite part of the episode. I mean, that's based <laughs> on some old Aquarii art, you know, some conceptual art from back in the day. And so it was really cool to see that kind of brought to life. I know that they used that creature in one of the cartoons. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. But to see it, you know, kind of in, in real life, so mm. to speak. Uh, was very cool because I'm I'm a big fan of all that old concept artwork. So to see them bring something like that in was awesome. Well, yeah, which is you great know? for a show to do, right? You you get to take all that stuff. I'm sure there's been so many ideas, and they get to play with it, you know, on their own on their own terms. But yeah, that's the whole spiders was like, oh my god, and they're in the ship, and oh Jesus, I just yeah. I'm looking around right now. I'm just freaking out because <laughs> because <laughs> one of those fuckers what comes I... back in the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, because one of the things I liked about this episode with any TV series, like, I go back and think of, like, watching X-Files as a kid. My favorite episodes were the Monster of the Week type episodes, mm, where yep. it was about yeah. story, it was a side quest, or it was a one-off. Those were my favorite ones. Sure. And so, them do that in here, uh, I really liked it. I know, you know, I heard from some people that they didn't like it because of that, but that was the reason I liked it, is that it was that one-off side journey monster of the week type episode and i'm a big fan of those it reminded me a lot of kind of drew a parallel for me to empire strikes back you know han solo his uh his millennium falcon's like in rough shape and he lands in this asteroid and they find out they're in the belly of like this giant space worm kind of thing it kind of reminded me of that like he crash lands on this planet and he's like what am i going to do now and then all of a sudden he's like swarmed by all these creatures who just mm. wreck the crap out of his ship and right kind of like Where's he going to go from here? Right, yeah, it just felt like, this is it, season finale, series finale, if you will. (laughs) This is how it ends. I think it was actually the lowest rated, not by by much, but out of all the shows. And it was just like a a simple story, but it doesn't mean it was bad. I didn't think it was bad at all. It's just, it was just, you know, another step to get to his destination, and he had to take a scenic route. (laughs) It's the X-Wing's fault. That's who it was. It was the... uh, Rebels. They put him in that oh, situation. It was, cool to, it was cool to see, like, kind of how the New Republic, I guess, is operating, like, trying to patrol the Outer Rim and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We never really got much of the Outer Rim in the, you know, in right. the movie trilogies. We always heard about it, like, it was this forbidden kind of territory that was lawless and had no, you know, no allegiance whatsoever to the Empire or to the Republic or the the pilots themselves as being more than just cannon fodder to to die they were competent yeah. uh both you know in and out of their x-wings and that was nice because in the movies they're just there get killed yeah like, <laughs> they're like red shirts yeah <laughs> exactly exactly. Yeah. exactly yeah that's what's nice about these shows is yeah they can uh they can even improve on poor inserts into the franchise you know like for instance we're talking about the the new trilogy whether you like it love it or not i think they are going to explore how the first order comes to be which is something we didn't get the answers to and i guess you know if you look at the original trilogy we didn't get all the answers either but you know it felt like you could understand it more from the the originals anyway but yeah like they're bringing in prequel characters, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of those films. There's a lot of eye candy and, yeah, a lot of good acting. Or, I'm sorry, a lot of good actors. I don't think it was written too well. But, you know, like, for instance, the you know, bringing Boba Fett back, um, you know, the guy who played him. 
I think that's uh, it makes you appreciate the prequels more. I guess you kind of want to see like his scenes from that movie. I guess uh, yeah. Tamara Morrison is that how you say his name? Yeah, played he plays a new Boba Fett anyway. I think you know, like you said, exploring the outer rim. It's like just expanding the universe, so everyone kind of has that knowledge. And so, if a movie is lacking, let's say you kind of have your knowledge that can help, you know, make it better. So I don't know if that's a, a strategy they're going to explore or not. At least kind of fixing the new trilogy. I bet I could see them doing that, and I think it could work effectively. Uh, just the whole Palpatine stretch is just. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do that. Maybe they'll explain it better. I mean, that's you're talking probably other shows that will do that in their own ways, which we you know have a ton coming. I would not be surprised if they just left that alone yeah. and tried to about it. They're like, I don't know about yeah. that. I think uh, that's a legend. <laughs> that's the legend itself. We were talking kind of maybe before we started recording. The third chapter there was called the the Harris. I, uh, that was one where it was like, it was forgettable to me. I had to actually like, I'm glad you guys reminded me that that was where we first met, um, uh, Sackhoff's character because <laughs> I totally had forgotten all about, uh, Bo-Katan and meet, uh, meeting her in that episode. Yeah. And I didn't even know that character, honestly. Like I didn't watch cause she's from the Clone Wars and Rebels, right? Yeah. So I wasn't too familiar with her. I, I knew it was Katie Sockoff, and I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is a great character. And it wasn't until after I was like, oh, my God, she voiced her in the animation shows. And I was like, oh, that's a real treat. You know, she gets to do both, live action, animation. Luckily, she's in great shape for the part. You know, she and she's sci-fi uh, royalty, you know, from Battlestar. So, yeah, that was a real treat to see her. Yeah, that was probably the biggest highlight of that, that episode. She also had two other Mandalorians with her. Yeah, they all take their their masks off, which I'm like, must be, it must be just a different religion factions, I guess, and maybe they've explained that. But it's like, even Boba yeah. Fett's taking his helmet off. I'm like, it's only a matter of time where the Mandalorian maybe he'll succumb to that rule too. I don't know. It's just I find that kind of um, not sure what's going on there. <laughs> you mentioning you know Boba Fett taking his mask off it reminds me of the argument that it was like my wife, my son, and I arguing about Boba Fett whether he was a Mandalorian or not, and I. I don't believe that he ever was or is, but I agree with you. It is different factions, I think, mm-hmm. or different religious sects, so to speak, that yeah. follow these different cultures, which, you know, makes sense if you've got a, a planet full of, you know, a planet full of people, they're all going to have different beliefs. So, And they're from Mandalore, right? That's where they all came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kind of made it seem like um, when they were talking about that and, Mando is like, oh, this is the way. This is the way it should be. And uh, Bo-Katan's kind of like, well, you come from this sect who's kind of like old-fashioned mm-hmm. and very stuck in their ways. You're like a bunch of religious zealots. Right. And we're like the the new wave, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, Bo- they kind of made it seem like Mando's sect that he was a part of was kind of like old-school Catholics or something like that. <laughs> Bo-Katan's group is like, you know, the new new age like more contemporary mm-hmm. kind of religion you know or it's like well we're not as restrictive we don't follow it you know we can we can bend here but we're not willing to break you know what right. i mean it so, was cool that episode i liked seeing the uh like the quarrens which you know the squid head guys uh because that was always a really cool design i thought and they're just a bunch of dicks it seems like <laughs> but that was a cool uh, 
<laughs> cool seeing those guys again. Yeah, they just dumped yeah, Baby to... Yoda in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no. You had to kind of wonder if this was like the the planet where a lot of them came from because you had like the Mon Calamari and they're mm-hmm. like the uh, what's his name Admiral Akbar's race. Oh yep. sure. Like they had they had them in there. They had the the squid people, whatever they're called. I don't know. It was kind of neat to see like this kind of I don't know. It's kind of like a more nautical type of world. It was like a old school like trader mm-hmm. like trader type community so it was pretty cool to see that that was like criticism some other people had and it could be because it's just maybe a poorer sector but a lot of people were like why can't they fly to get their fish or whatever you know it felt very in our world i guess for them to be on a boat it to me it was cool though it was like this is something new you know you're always in a desert planet now we're in the ocean like this is something new and it's just probably they don't have access too, to all that yeah, I, I don't mean, know got... enough about the physics of the Star Wars world to, to know if uh, repulsion technology works over water or not. Well, and you got to think too. This is the outer rim, so this is like a this is a planet that's like, you know, not to use a bad pun, but it's kind of backwater. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not. Um, they don't have the the technological advancement that the Empire had. They don't mm-hmm. have the, you know, the New Republic doesn't exist there. It's kind of just out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So they probably just cobble together what they, they just cobble together what they can. I mean, you you see that with where they repair uh, yeah. Mando's ship. <laughs> yeah. It's like duct and tape. They just, they've got like fishing net and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. tin roof tiles. And it's like that's all, all we got. And he's like, is this gonna fly? Like, <laughs> I gave you a thousand credits. Where did it go? Like, oh, I filled it up with gas and washed the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then one of those damn spiders came out still. Oh, he squeezed the hell out of it. And I think he gave it to to the child to eat. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But yeah, how was how about that that pub food that comes out of a tube and it's still alive? That was uh that was something. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. I mean it's like it's got this like little face hugger squid thing that comes out and attacks the child. And he's like, Don't play with your food. <laughs> like this thing just tried to eat your bite, your you know. Yeah eat your partner here and you're right. like oh, don't play with it <laughs> just eat it it's fine it's really really fresh clam chowder Ugh. yum I'll be like is there a burger around here that's already <laughs> killed and all that yeah but yeah the big reveals this episode was the Darksaber and Ahsoka Tana that which is like oh my god these are like huge name drops and it's like oh she's she's coming up everyone's been wanting to see her we all knew uh, Rosario Dawson was going to play her so you already knew about that, but the dark saber, obviously that made an appearance at uh, the last episode of the first season. So yeah, that was Bo-Katan's saber in the animated shows she did. There's a lot of power with that dark saber. We're gonna come to know. I didn't really know too much of the dark saber other than it looked cool and it was something new to me. I kind of looked into it after um, after the end of season one, just to kind of get the backstory on it. And mm-hmm. there was a long time ago there was like one mandal like the only mandalorian force sensitive i don't know if you'd call him a jedi or whatever he was kind of neutral but the uh the dark saber was kind of like you know he who holds this weapon is you know the king or whatever yeah it was like like excalibur that makes a lot of sense that's cool when moff gideon went and they did the mandalorian purge he like like oh i know what i can really do to cripple these people i can take away their symbol of power mm. 
So he yep. kind of claimed it for himself and was like, now you're screwed. Aha. That makes sense. You know? So, yeah, we uh, uh, get to Chapter 12, The Siege, and we arrive on uh, Navarro, and we meet up with uh, Grief Cargon, Carga, played by Carl Weathers. Yep. Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, and yeah, they plan to destroy an Imperial base. Yeah, what'd you, what'd you guys think of this episode? It was actually directed by Carl Weathers himself. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really well done. Um, it's one of my favorites, and it had some really great action in it. Uh, Horatio Sands' character, Mithril, return. He was in the pilot, the blue guy, gets uh, carbonated. Yeah. <laughs> it, this, this is like your toy box, this episode, to me. Like, just, oh, absolutely. Oh, God. You know, speaking of toys, this episode that I think would have been awesome for me anyway mm-hmm. uh, is if instead of regular TIE fighters, if they use the TIE strikers from Rogue One, which are basically the TIE fighters that have the uh, horizontal wings instead of vertical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's such a cool design. We only ever saw it in Rogue One. Right. And But that's like the TIE fighter that was designed for in-atmospheric flight of to have seen those instead of your standard tie fighters but it's a it's a minor quibble right right toy nerd who who actually i really enjoy that toy so well and i get it because it just it further connects everything rogue one what you see in that you are seeing elements in this episode yeah it was this was a treat action-packed and then we get to the mystery of the cloned bodies supposedly the blood used from the child was trying to make a Jedi-like army. So it wasn't just like a base they had to take down. It was it was much more. Like, it, the plot really, you know, got thick in this one. And, yeah, the minute they, you know, get cornered at a certain point, Dune spots the uh, transporter. I was like, oh, this is going to be sweet. And that fucker went everywhere. It went off the damn cliff. And just, just them inside. Like, the show just feels so expensive. Just the... You know, just the design inside of it, like this looked like a real life toy come to life. And I don't know if it was a toy before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jonah, but should be now. Uh, there is a yeah, there is a a similar type transport vehicle that uh, in fact, my son just got one for Christmas um, nice. that uh, is like that. So. Oh, yeah, that thing was so cool. I was I just loved it. I was like, this feels real, too. It's just like. Yeah, the, the readouts, everything, and I love how it's not like touchscreen shit. It's like there's switches, you know. They honor what was set up before, and it also takes place. You know, it's hard to – you have to remind yourself, I do anyway, that this is like 20 years before the new trilogy that we just got. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest criticisms I had about the the prequel trilogy was mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it all looked so much more technologically advanced. They had like touchscreen stuff. They had holographic – Mm-hmm. displays and all this and oh like, sure yeah where was all where was all that during <laughs> i mean granted you know you're you're taking a movie that was made in like the 1970s and right it to one that was made in the 2000s so it's you know a little bit of give and take there but i liked the uh you know the chase scene like the the speeder bikes going off the cliff and like trying to navigate through all the rocks and stuff like that that was really cool all right the jedi the jedi so chapter 13, yeah. chapter 13. I mean, so that episode was badass. That was, was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was very cool. I liked the, the way that like Ahsoka Tano used the kind of like the fog and like would just disappear mm-hmm. and then just like reappear somewhere else and like just beat the crap out of people. And 
Michael Bean. Really cool to see him. It was kind of like, he's one of those actors you don't see very often, so you kind of have to do a double take when you see him. You're like, is that him? Right. Like, man, he looks a lot different from Terminator. He's a little older, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was in Terminator, Navy Seals, The Rock, The Abyss, Tombstone. I'm missing some other films, I know. But, yeah, he's one of those guys, like, you want to see more of. I at least do. And the minute I saw him in this, I was really hoping that he had a lot of lines. And he kind of did, but that's the only thing I can't... It's just because it's the actor, right? It's like, if it was just an ordinary dude, I would have been like, I, I'm fine with it. But, you know, at the end where he gets killed, and I was just like, ah, shit. I mean, he's, he did some stuff, but I kind of hoped more for him. But maybe the fan base is more wanting that than the creators of the show. I'm not I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I was just that was the only thing I was kind of like bummed about. And that a couple of times because there's another episode with Titus Welliver as kind of the bad guy and he gets, you know, killed off in it. And it's another one of those situations because mm-hmm. I like, you know, he's a cool actor. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the TV show Bosch. Uh, on no. Amazon. I know the he's actor a, though. Yep, yep, cuz he was in yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. He's a, he is a cool dude. And uh, it would have been cool to see him in, in more, but uh, yeah. I get it. You get guys off sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had less lines than Michael Bean, but yeah, that was another actor. Yeah, I was hoping for more, and I was like, man, he's really, he looks great in that outfit. Like, he's really intimidating, and yeah, he just he just eats a cyanide pill, you know, Hell Hydra-like, and uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was it. What about uh, her makeup, Ahsoka Tana, like Rosario Dawson's makeup? Like, I, I thought they nailed it. I, th- she looked like they she was did. born to play this character. It was, yeah, she looked crazy. really good in, in live action, and it's one of those designs that could look really bad mm-hmm. if it's not done right. But no, they did a really good job with with her overall appearance, and uh, I thought she really did a good job bringing that character to life. So that was great. Yeah, I really liked it. There was two things from this episode that kind of blew my mind a little bit first of all we get the name of the child yes yep grogu grogu kind of weird i don't like I mean, the name. it does not roll off the tongue what if what if, it, what if they said the child's name is baby yoda <laughs> it's like we I already knew <laughs> yoda jr yes yeah. he's the he's the offspring of those of the female yoda and <laughs> it's from it's, episode one that we saw briefly it's doda but, doda Oda. <laughs> but uh no for me the the big thing was her saying where's grand admiral thrawn yes i was like yes, yes. finally they're bringing him into canon yes yep. like, thank you i didn't know about that character until recently and yeah there's like a whole book about him and all kinds of uh, material uh, and yeah there, yeah the trilogy. timothy zahn uh, trilogy was so well done because we got that we got you know mara jade introduced in that um we had this like really old dark Jedi from that everyone forgot about. They're basically like made a clone of Luke Skywalker from his hand. Ooh, yes, I've like, heard about that. It was just that's it was just cool. amazing to like kind of hear about some of the. I mean, it wouldn't work making a movie about it. I don't think like of that trilogy because they've kind of screwed a lot of that. <laughs> but they could a borrow lot a lot for the show. I'm sure it's going to be uh, Ahsoka Tano's show. Like That's going to be the villain she's after, and maybe you'll get some episodes with his perspective and what he's been through and so on. But, yeah, that whole cloning yeah. of Luke's hand thing, like that was that was even thought of being Ray's origin, you know, because I think they wanted to use that concept so bad, which makes a lot of sense. Like, if you grabbed any of those missing limbs, like, you could probably yeah. get so much out of it. 
that's that's um, cool. I like how it sets that up. Yeah, that's perfect. Like that's what that's what we've all been wanting to see. Yeah, just just more more fan appeal. That's for sure. And of course, we get to um, chapter fourteen, the tragedy. Mandalorian and the child travel to an ancient site, and so we get the uh, Jedi call wave. It's supposed to summon some Jedi to come train Grogu, if you will. And we get to yeah. see Slave One. What was that like? Oh man, I I missed seeing Slave One. That's my favorite of all the of all the craft, like all the Starcraft in the Star Wars universe. That's my favorite ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, ditto. It's my favorite as well. And I I don't I do, I'm not one of those people that cheers at movies or at TV shows when I'm in my own living room, but I'm pretty sure I clapped when <laughs> that yeah. entered the picture. And then I cried when they destroyed the Razor Crest. Did you? A yeah. little bit. And here's why. Yeah. I think that that's a really cool ship. Yeah. And and I'm not one of these people who's mad that I just dropped like $370 <laughs> on a way that's shipping next fall. It will live again. I'm still, I'm still looking forward yeah. to that. But seeing that just like destroyed, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that sucks. You get to reenact what happens to it when you're done building <laughs> <laughs> well so that you could do that with a lego version i'm not gonna be dropping oh that's right I, I thought it was a lego version i don't know why i thought no that. this is the Haslab. oh gotcha gotcha that i place in uh, place in m80 inside it and just <laughs> boom yeah um a split second though i was like i think they can fix it <laughs> right I would no, have been surprised I, that poor ship is just destroyed in every episode and then finally it's just well and it got out of it got he fixed up got very well. Yeah, it was awesome again. Yeah. I'm like, but well, like, shit. Uh, I don't know. I I really loved a lot of what they did with the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, the reveal of Boba Fett, him oh, putting on his armor yeah. again. I loved all that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like was, you know, Bando, instead of, like, getting his jetpack back on and, like, helping with the fight, he's, like, trying to breach this force field like three times and it's like you got knocked out every time when do you right you know right when do you finally say oh no that stove is hot i shouldn't touch it <laughs> yeah. you know i know i'm like dude but, you're gonna uh, knock you knock yourself out like it's not gonna happen you're not gonna get through this shield seeing boba just like doing hand-to-hand combat with stormtroopers oh. and just like break you know swinging his big old stick around and like shattering their helmets well, it was an awesome buildup. So cool. It was a great buildup because then he looks at the ship and he knows that's where his armor is. And then when he has that, when he comes down from his jetpack, it to me it's like Iron Man's reveal, you know, in the original movie, like badass. Yeah, it was exactly. so cool. And the sound, like I don't know how to explain it, but there's a certain sound when Iron Man appears for the first time, like in his you know proper form, and there's just like that mm-hmm. silence. You know, like all the score goes away and it's just kind of like, what's up? And he just hits him. Oh, it was so badass. Yeah. Like all of that was so freaking cool to see him back. And of course, a lot of fans, you know, they're like, we're all kind of the worst enemy, I guess, of these franchises. A lot of people picked on the weight, but I was like, dude, he's wearing a robe underneath. And yeah, he's, he's a little older now. So give him a break. Yeah. This was the Boba Fett I read about in the books and yes. in the comics that we never saw on the screen. I mean, he, again, I think I mentioned in the last podcast i was on he went out like a chump in yes. return of the jedi yeah and then i waited you know since 1984 to basically see this boba fett right and uh, and so i was 
ecstatic to actually see him kick ass. It was yes, awesome. impressive. I never understood the love for Boba Fett. Like, yeah, I thought his costume was cool, but I never, I never got to see any of that stuff. You know, I never read about it. So I always thought it was like odd. People loved this character, and it was because, you know, of, of the mythology that was outside of the movies. Other than that, I didn't really know like why did people love this guy so much. But yeah, you get to see him just kick ass for the first time ever, and he's launching his missiles, and it was just badass. Like all of it was great. And then they get into Slave One. And he drops the uh, what's the charge called? I'm missing the name. The seismic charge. Yes. When, oh. When they drop that, I'm oh, like, is it going to make that effect like it did in Attack of the Clones? And it sure did. Oh, Hell yes. the best, the best sound effect in all of Star yeah. Wars. I, I, said, love I say the exact same thing, Bill. I say the exact same thing. It is the coolest sound. Because it just like goes silence, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like a guitar riff. Yes. It actually is, so isn't it? Cool. I think that's actually the yeah, sound, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's it? how they did it. Yeah. I think that's how they did it but that was pretty badass yeah that was oh, just man. that was just like a cherry on top you know like everything was great and that just made it even greater like oh that's so cool like again yeah there's prequel elements i love and that's one of them that's that was a treat that was a true treat but yeah of course grogu gets taken by the dark troopers which are badass looking and terrifying and so yeah uh the child is gone so we move on to uh chapter 15 the believer they have to move against the Empire. The Mandalorian needs the help of an old enemy. And so that, of course, is Bill Burr, who plays Mayfield. Which... Oh, he, the development to the character in such a short period of time. Dude, I became a fan. Like, Bill Burr, I've always been a Bill Burr fan anyway. Same, yeah. But, but this character that he's cre- that you know he's developed or mm-hmm. helped develop uh, was so compelling and, and tragic and... I loved kind of the ending where he's like, yeah, I can go. Like, <laughs> like, sure. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I was kind of hoping like, to go, have- man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wanted him to go with them. I was like, dude, this, I love this character. Like, this is so cool. Like he is really a good actor. Like he really delivered. Like it was a great episode. I yeah. thought, and it was another great chase scene yeah. and just, you know, all every, the stakes were high. Mando removes his mask, and it just shows the brilliance of uh, Pedro Pascal, you know, who voices the guy, but he doesn't walk around. It's like John Wayne's grandson or something who's the stunt double, but just the emotion in his face because he doesn't, he's not doing a lot. He's just kind of like, just his expressions and stuff. Like, it was a really, he's really gifted, you know, and has a great presence without the mask. And that was, that was something I didn't know we were going to get. And yeah, they had that sit down with, um, Valen Hess, who plays, who's played by Richard Brake, who he's been in a lot of movies that freak me out. I mean, he's he's a terrifying actor, just just how he can really commit to being a bad guy. And uh, anyway, yeah, that was an awesome scene where, and you knew it was going to happen, right? Bill Burr's character was going to take him out, like you just knew it. I mean, you got you got a whole new side of, you know, because he we worked for them, and a lot of people he was close to were taken out, and you know to. To Hess, it was just, you know, sacrifice to the Empire. Just yeah, another day in the Empire kind of yes. thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, just that look he like, had was uh, just like, oh, shit, it's going to go down. I did. There's, like, little things throughout the series that are just kind of like, aha, he, di- he did it. He said the thing. Yeah. Um, and in this episode, they were like, uh, I think when they were talking about who was going to go with him, mm-hmm. and Boba Fett was like, let's just say I'll be recognized. Like yeah, they're they're gonna notice that this guy looks like everybody else. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> you right. Know, I was just like, 
Trooper, why'd you shave your head? Why do you have all those scars? Um, why do you sound like some of the old stormtroopers? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to see uh, Mando, you know, riding on top of that transport, and he's like, mm. he, he gets just gets done dispatching all these guys, and then he's like, <laughs> yeah. sees like three more skiffs coming towards him. Right. Like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. And he's got, he doesn't and have his like, armor, oh. so he's getting his ass kicked. Like, it, it's hurting. Yeah. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, the Empire just opens up on him and starts shooting. And it's like, yep. How many how many times can you say, "Oh, I was saved by the Empire"? You're right. glad to see the Empire show up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was really cool. That was a really well done episode. Absolutely. I liked the thing that I that I love about the Mandalorian mm-hmm. is that it's it takes you away from like the Jedi heavy stories. Yeah. And it, and it puts you into like something where it's like, okay, there's actual consequences. Like this mm-hmm. guy's not going to lift up a, you know, a boulder and crush these guys. He's going to have to fight them hand to hand. That was exactly. What was really cool about it to me. Boba Fett's new paint job. Oh, right. Like, I forgot about that. That was so cool. Take some pride in your stuff and clean it up, man. It looks good. <laughs> it looks great. And it's a new and Boba gotta, Fett too. I mean, and you got to think like this is, you know, Armor that was at one time like silver with like blue flourishes on it. Right, and Jang- yeah, Django's armor looked spotless, like it was pristine. And of course, it was due for another makeover. And I wasn't upset about it at all. It just shows, it just shows think, like we're moving on with this character's new look and stuff. I think it looked so, it made it look so much better. He had this like military like olive drab green color mixed in with like black. He had the, like lights on his chest plate. That's gonna be like the I I think. In addition to the Mandalorian, like the new Boba Fett's going to be like the big oh, cosplay yeah. thing. Oh, definitely. Sure. And it'll probably be a nice hot toy figure, I believe, or I could only imagine. I mean, that's got to be something that's going to be a lot of people are going to want. Yeah. I'm anxious to collect some of these new toys, that's for sure. Chapter 16, man. This is the last last chapter for the season. The rescue. Uh, not not a whole lot happened in this show, did it? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> um, you know, not to jump to the end, but. Let's do it. I've heard from some people out there who did not care for the ending because they wanted to get away from the Skywalker aspect of Star Canon. Yeah. So what were you? I mean, did you like that? Were you guys disappointed? You know what? That was the Luke Skywalker I have always wanted. Mm-hmm. Is to see him at the the peak of his badassery. Like yes. you see, you know, you see guys like uh, Mace Windu. You see Obi Wan Kenobi, and they're doing like you know, all this really cool stuff. And then you get to Luke Skywalker and he like barely pulls out his lightsaber. <laughs> and then yeah. he gets, then he gets yeah. old and because curmudgeon. Yeah. Like last Jedi. That's yeah, why it hurts like, so much. It's like, really? We never get to Luke. As soon as the, I, I knew exactly who it was. And my son, he was like, Oh, he's like, no, he thought it was a so Tano. And I was like, no, no. I was like, I know that I recognize that X-Wing. And, uh, and then of course, as he's, you know, going through fighting the, the dark troopers, kept saying i'm like dude it's luke skywalker but now and, and bill you you planted the seed in my head what if that's not luke skywalker what if that's luke skywalker's evil clone and he kidnaps the baby for thrawn oh shit no uh well the the whole story behind that is that the clone actually you know was cloned from his hand but he was given the lightsaber that he dropped at bespin so, which color was that one remind me. oh that's that the blue one blue. That's, that was the one he inherited okay. from Anakin. Oh. So it's kind of like... The green lightsaber but, is kind of the tell there. But now that you're saying that, this it's kind of like making my making the wheels turn. Because I'm sitting here thinking the, throughout the entire episode when he takes 
Grogu to train him. It's like, how does that work when he started the Jedi Academy and then Kylo yeah. Ren basically killed everyone? Like, but it, where does Grogu so, yeah. that? That conversation, yeah. well, where they're like, does this mean Kylo Ren kills Grogu? And I'm like, maybe. But my thought is, I think that you're, I think Grogu is going to come back at some point in the Mandalorian. Only because yeah. I think with him, Disney's going to lose a, a lot of their Mandalorian audience. My, my wife watches that yeah. that show just for Grogu. That'll she does that, not care about the Mandalorian. She does not care about Star Wars. She thinks Baby Yoda's cute. Yeah. Without him in there, I think they're going to lose a bit of the, their audience because of they that. They will. So, they will. Could be wrong, but I think he's going to. That'll be the challenge for season three, you know, but I welcome it because honestly, I was kind of just hoping he was just for season one and it wouldn't continue. Obviously this season, it was great that it continued, but yeah, I'm ready for Mando to be on his own and that'll be a big challenge. You know, they'll have to figure it out because, you know, before he got to Grogu in the first episode, uh, I was digging everything of that whole world. I still dug it afterwards, but we still got a taste of what it was like without the child. So they just have to figure a way to do it i guess that way and i hope they don't bring the child back too soon you know i'd like it to be come back when it's older and it's fully yeah. fully jedi like and but it can't be luke's clone because r2d2 was there unless they went to the trouble to clone r2d2 or or paint some droid yeah. like him so but i do think the clone aspect could be interesting for ahsoka's show alone if they go that route I could see could have seen through could tell that that was the real i don't yeah, it's a cool idea. Anyway, but, I, yeah. I really liked everything this episode set up when it comes to uh, more of, you know, Bo-Katan's uh, Bo mm -hmm. kind of free, and that's going to go into the future with Mando now having possession of the Darksaber. Moff Gideon's just a dick. I mean, <laughs> I thought for a second there, I was like, oh, okay, there's going to be a little honor in this guy, and then he, you know, double-crosses him. Yeah. Like, Man, what an asshole. I know, I was like, ah, uh, that can't be, it can't be that simple. Like, yeah, just take him, it's fine. Awesome fight scene, though. Like, Those dark troopers were... Oh, uh, dude. I, I mean, just one of them. Yeah. One of them almost took Mando out, let alone yeah. 30 of them. I, I, did you uh, get... So that, um, was, that was pretty crazy. To see his on hard. I got uh, I got Terminator vibes when it was beating them up. Like, it felt like the T-100, you know, in the first movie when it's beating the shit out of people. And, like, it really felt like <laughs> yeah. Terminator. Like, it was scary. He just punches his helmet until it caves the wall in. I'm like, oh, shit. When that X-Wing showed up, I, at first, I I don't know if I thought it was Luke or not. I can't remember. But as as we got into it more and more, I was like, it's got to be Luke. And then you see the black cloak. And then you see the green lightsaber. It was so fun to see everyone's reaction online. I was uh, actually watching it in front of my daughter on my phone and I was, I wasn't crying, but I was like, hey, it's Luke. Like I was super excited. Like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I was a little bit let down though when they revealed his face. Well, it's that, I mean, it's the CGI face. It's the same yeah. face that princess Leia had. At yeah. The one where it's just, it, it's CGI. You can tell it's CGI. You know, I, with this, I had to remind myself and then a buddy of mine, he countered it because he was like, I was like, well, you have to understand, like, this is TV money. It's not movie money. Right. Uh, and he, fuck that. Disney's got all the money in the world. Like, there's no yeah. difference between Disney between TV and movie money. That's probably the point. There really shouldn't be. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, the that CGI face is a little jarring. I will say this, though. Your average viewer, again, going back to my wife, yeah. did not know that that was CGI. Right. So it might have been successful there for those of us, for those who, you know, are not as 
attuned to what what it should be right. or what it should look like, I guess. That was the only thing. I, I was, was hoping it was Sebastian Stan. That's been a big fan cast. I think that needs to happen if they're going to bring Luke back in the future or put more CG tech into the face. Other than that, I thought it was excellent. I just was like, if this is Sebastian Stan, I'm okay with it. It's going to be awesome. People are going to accept it. And... It was. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I've seen. I've seen worse, certainly. But they got his mannerisms down and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. they kind of got like the look and feel of Mark Hamill. Yeah. But yep. There was still something missing. It was kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like the Frog Lady for me. She looked like a character out of the nin- the Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, right. Like it was just kind of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's some jarring moments. I just thought. I thought. I was like, didn't they learn their lesson from the other attempts? Like, you know, go look at Marvel, how they de-age people. It seems like they've got it down to a, you know, a good science. But like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but it kind of was like, uh, you know, like, uh, like maybe we didn't need to see the face. Like he just opens his hood and you just hear his voice at least maybe, you know, some kind of creative ways to do it. From behind, and he's got the cloak up. But when you got Mark Hamill doing the voice, I mean, you know, that, that would have been and saved them a shitload of money. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, but I love, I love the uh, "May the Force be with you." You get to see uh, Mando's face again. That was a nice, touching moment, you know, with the Grogu and him, and all the possibilities after the child's gone. Like, where, where do we go from here? Obviously, uh, Jonah had to remind me of this. I, I foolishly turned it off right away, and he said, "Did you catch the end credit?" <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> There's an end credit? No, end credit scene. Oh, I want I want a fat Bib Fortuna toy <laughs> with Throne. <laughs> uh, and I this I was wondering why when they when Disney did their big Star Wars announcements at that D twenty three or that uh, mm-hmm. investors meeting, why Boba Fett was not mentioned because that was on the rumor mill for so long. And right. Confirmed. Even a movie, yeah. About. And I think prize for this, which was I think really smart of them to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm really see what happens uh, with that series because it's gonna it's a separate series from Mandalorian, which is cool. And I think if it gives me an opportunity to get you know Timothy Oliphant back in Star Wars, yeah, I'm all for that too. I think I think that's what's going to help all these characters we get we got to introduce to. I think you can sprinkle them out through all these shows, and that's going to really bring in more. I think and just feel like it's all in one universe more. But yeah, the book of Fett, right? Is that what it's called? Like the book of Boba Fett or something like that. I think yeah, that's what it's book called. Book of Boba or the book of yeah, book of Boba Fett, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for that. So that would be very cool to see. Yeah, it was a great way to, to end the season, and yeah, I was uh, I was super excited, especially by Luke. I thought it was I thought that was okay to bring in. I you know I actually was thinking Mace Windu would show up, but definitely when the Tie Fighter happened, I was like, that's gotta be Luke. It has to be, and I think people will be more uh, thrilled. Everything that I watch, I'm okay with him not coming back in Star Wars. Right, but I do love Dune's line. She goes, "Great, one X-wing, we're saved." <laughs> I know. <laughs> That was she had some great one liners. She the did. Show. She did. And um, I mean, people don't think of Gina Carano as like a you know top build actor mm-hmm. or actress, but she's I gotten do, better. I love her and everything she's been in. Yeah, like she was awesome in uh, maybe not in Fast and the Furious, but uh, Deadpool. She was really good. Yeah, she was really good in Deadpool. In season one, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Got her to be just, you know. 
great casting. Everyone got to shine, which I, I love. You know, I think that's what's great about this TV dynamic. You know, or not TV, but you know, multiple episodes. Let's say superb, and can't wait to see the spinoffs. Any last thoughts before we go? Uh, no. Other than I'm I'm stoked for season three just to see where it goes because we don't really have any idea at this point. You know, the the mission from the very first mm-hmm. episode of season one is done. It's over. Right. So where he from here is going to be interesting to see. I almost think that uh, the power is going to go to Boba Fett's head a little bit. Yeah, I'm afraid that, that too. Maybe the two of them are going to end up clashing. Mm, yep. Because, um, I mean, with, with Boba Fett taking over Jabba's, I mean, maybe the Huts don't control Tatooine anymore. Who knows? But Right. I don't know. I just think with uh, Boba Fett taking over the underground of Tatooine, that's going to clash with maybe with the Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I'd like him to remain a good guy, but I'm afraid he'll probably go into a gray area, let's say, you know, kind of balance between the two. So there'll be redemption with the show and maybe more explanation how he survived. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Great episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. If you guys want to plug anything before we go, go go right to it. Kind of winding down 2020 for 515 Gaming. Sure. Uh, did my kind of end, end of 2020 compilation, so... Uh... Yeah, we'll see what 2021 brings us. Hopefully, it brings us a P, uh, PS5 so we can stay. Uh, there you go. Stay relevant. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. What about you, Johnny? You got a YouTube channel too, right? Uh, yeah. And so, and I know that it. You know, we've done a couple of episodes. We we paused a little bit, but we're going to come back. My son and I actually want to try and do like two a month in 2021. Start because we started collecting Star Wars vehicles last, uh, just in January of last year. Uh, we're going to start with like our. Our, each of our three favorite Star Wars vehicles and why. Nice. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we're going to dive into other toy lines because he's a big fan of uh, Treasure X and uh, a bunch of other toy lines that I don't really know a lot about. Sure. And so we're going to dive into some of those and talk about why he likes those and, and my take on them as well. Fantastic. And then I've got a collection. We've got everything. All other, you know, Bucky O'Hare, Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice. Um, so there's a lot of other toy lines that I want to uh, talk about with them. So sure. We'll have a lot more to come next and that's uh, Toys for All Ages, correct? Correct, right. Excellent. Yeah, check check those YouTube channels out. Also, Field of Geeks as well. All kinds of content. This and more. So, guys, thanks a lot for being on. With that said, we'll be back. I'm Josh. I'm Bill. And I'm Jonah. Take care. May the Force be with you.